Celebration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors to hear about what they are learning, what they are teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I got with me today, Pastor Jeremy. Hello there. And Pastor Travis is joining us. Hey, what's going on? So for those of you who don't know, Pastor Travis is our district youth director. Um, So we're part of a fellowship of churches called the Assembly of God, and we cover Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine in our district. And Pastor Travis kind of oversees youth in that in that. And so, yeah, I mean, if there's anything else that cover your role or what do you do? Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I tell people all the time that, you know, it's just a fancy title. Really. I'm just a friend, you know, I, <laughs> I, I just, I just try to be a friend to the, and, the youth pastors and youth leaders and teenagers. And he says it with a serious face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after, no, you finished the sentence and I got it after that. But at first, I thought you were trying to downplay your role. Oh. Like, you know, I just, uh, I'm just, just a warm body in a room. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I am. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we're on, we're back re- from just this past weekend. We had the Revive Youth Conference. Yeah. Formerly known as Youth Convention. Yeah. Which I have to always remind myself to say properly. Um, I, I said, I don't know if you heard, but I said youth convention from the stage. I believe it. Like yeah. when I welcomed everyone, <laughs> on, I'm like, who's ready for youth convention? And it has been revived for four years yeah, at this point. I think so. But thought, yeah. 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 So we did that. So that's just, in, we had what, 343? Was that the last number you told me? Uh, 367. Total. 367. Wow. Leaders and students. Leaders and students um, in a church in Burlington, Vermont. So we get to go back to um, pretty much my hometown, about 30 minutes away from there. Yeah. yeah. Hang out there. I get to show all my friends all the best places to eat. I had eat. good food. Mm-hmm. Great food. Great food. So we hung out there for the weekend. Um, just a lot of powerful life change that happened. Uh, any stories that stick out to you, Travis, that you heard? Um, I just had a pastor, not even like 30 minutes ago, text me and said, hey, um, you know, I just want to share a couple of testimonies. And one of them, he said that uh, he had a, a student filled with the Holy Spirit on uh, on the first night with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And then he said, she's from a fundamental Baptist family. So that's mm. going to be fun to explain that one to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. And um, so that was cool. So yeah, we had tons of great stories, amazing things. We talked about um, one of the things that our teenagers do at Restoration Church is we support um, Speed the Light. That's their Kingdom Builders project. Yeah. Mm. So that's not just our church, but that teams up with our entire district and then our entire nation. And so we announced some of the totals for giving for Speed the Light last year, which how much was the total? Last well, year? Yeah, for last year, for 2020. That's what we announced um, at this convention. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we announced yeah. that. I, I, I'm terrible with exact numbers. Uh, but it was like it was like ninety seven thousand two hundred and two dollars. Dang, something like that. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. Oh, I had the pledge numbers stuck in my head. Oh, yeah. oh, for this the, year. Yeah, yeah. The pledge was intense. The the, the pledge was just astronomical. Yeah, it was two hundred fifty six. Is that right? Two hundred fifty seven. Two hundred fifty seven thousand. Yeah. That's crazy. So. But which is just wild because even. Four or five years ago, how much were we giving? Like twenty thousand, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And so to see that, um, our church alone this year gave thirty thousand, right? Was uh, that right? In twenty twenty one. In twenty twenty one, yeah, gave yep. thirty thousand dollars, which is just incredible. Um, so that's our that's our kids' kingdom builders project. So we had to just kind of reap the you know excitement of that, that the benefit yeah, for of sure. that. 
um, do some crazy stuff to raise more money. Um, so it was really cool. So we've, you know, we were all pretty exhausted. Jeremy's still recovering. <laughs> yeah. From I, got, I think I have more voice than Travis does though. That's true. Which is <laughs> weird. True. I guess true. you spoke the last day. So I, yeah. I was stupid. We did mic it loud. I like to pretend I'm Brandon Lake sometimes. <laughs> and so we did it half step, a half step lower than the Which original key. Means things musically. So it yeah, was pretty. Was say, it was, I have no idea what sorry, that means. It was pretty close to the original key, which Brandon Lake is way higher than okay. what me and Phil Mumford are able to sing. <laughs> so it got going, and it got it got pretty good. And so we just started yelling those lyrics a lot more. <laughs> and then the hotel room was so dang dry. Yeah, I woke up the next day with a completely just dry mouth and throat Ugh. on fire. Yeah, and then I couldn't sing the rest of the weekend. Yeah, and normally I make it a lot farther. Than that, yeah, it was so, <laughs> so dry. We almost took Theo to the hospital. Really, he was just coughing so much. Yeah, he was coughing and couldn't breathe, so he Goodness. would spend yeah. huge amounts of time just making horrible noises because he couldn't breathe because how dry it was. Till we got a humidifier. Yeah. So yeah. so what you know whatever it was still fun. Mm-hmm. I think uh, seeing Phil and Elisa and Hannah, yeah, worship yeah. lead. It was it was so much fun. Victory on just on the restoration. Oh, big church. Time. Per, like like uh, a viewpoint, I went up to Elisa and Hannah <clears throat> kind of told them privately that I think that was some of the best worship leading mm. that not only they have ever done, but I think our church has ever done. I, I was so impressed by them that I was almost glad that I lost my voice the first night because I just kept kind of stepping back and yeah. watching. And they did really great. Yeah. They did really great. Yeah. It's we had... A- Oh, go ahead. No, go, you go for it. I was just going to say, we had someone there that volunteered to take uh, videos and photos. Oh, yeah. And uh, so you'll see them there, but he's got some raw shots of worship that are just- He sent like, me a link, yeah. Bring me to tears, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really good. And I mean, that's part of, so, you know, we talk about it, you know, a little bit at length because one of the hearts of our church has always been to help our district, to move beyond just yeah. our church. Yeah. And so there's- Currently, what, 97 other AG churches in our district? Uh, I think if you want to get technical, it's like 93. 93. There's 93 other churches. And our church's heart has always been like, we're not just a resource to ourselves; We're a resource to them as well. Mm. And we want to always be there to just help support and give them opportunities and just take burdens off of them and just allow them to, to run the race God's called them to. And so, you know, we're always involved in camps, conventions. Mm. Yeah invest like those are huge points of passion for us because it's beyond ourselves yeah yeah restoration has definitely been sort of blazing the trail ahead on on what it means to volunteer Mm. on a district level yeah which has always been nate's heart and adopt and adopted you know that was one of the reasons i fit in so well with um restoration when I came on board because that was always a heart for me. Yeah. Like I've been involved in the district for a lot of years. And so I always had a heart, like I want to be influential in the district. I want to help move it forward because I've seen the potential of our area and I see what it could be. And so to chase after that and to be a part of that and not just hunker down and focus on our town, but focus on our state, focus on our, absolutely on our district. So, yeah. And I'd say I'd be the opposite where I didn't want to, to have anything to do with the district. Yeah. And it took Nate becoming the DYD that really, you know, he got me involved and uh, now I'm I'm like a poster child for <laughs> being involved with the district. Yeah. 
One, one thing that was a victory of like kind of the why behind being involved in district and being involved in all those things. I was talking to, to Phil Mumford who led worship with us. Um, and uh, so he's done fine arts for years for mm. those of you who don't know his name, but he's done fine arts for years. And that's how I met him as a kid writing music. And he did solo worship cover once for fine arts. And that night we were like, dude, you should come up and sing yeah. on the band. And literally now two years in a row, we've just brought him on. He's like a staple of us doing youth convention. Yeah. But he talked through, you know, so we don't just go so we can show off restoration. We mm. go, you know, we want to be part of the district to, and to inspire people where we because I think one thing we have going for us is our, our worship is, you know, we've got a very passionate team. And so mm. oh, absolutely. I think we push to inspire people to, to not just copy us, but to, to get the passion that we have, whatever. So Phil talked through like a couple of songs that we, that we did at convention that his church started doing mm. that he wouldn't have like really worked through doing that. But because they saw him doing that song there, um, his his dad, who who's the pastor there, yep. right? Yeah, he like videotaped it and just sent it to the team. It was like, we're doing this song. Yeah, we're doing this song. <laughs> and so it's just like because yeah. that we were able to just kind of connect everyone. And then he was like, oh, I see what my son is doing right now when he has when he's backed by people as passionate as he is. Mm-hmm. We got to bring that back to back to our church. And I think that's just kind of cool. Which is always the goal. It's like it's not to flex our. Right, our yeah. muscles of whatever the heck, because some of it, you know, whatever, we're the most organized people putting something together. That's not a muscle we have to flex. We're just trying <laughs> our best to do it, right, yeah. so people feel inspired to be intentional about it. Yeah. So it was cool to just hear a story of that actually kind of paying off. Yeah, and I just love, I just love getting together with everyone because you don't feel alone anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there are churches where it's it's the pastor. The lead pastor, the son's the worship leader, the wife is the kids can't the kids director, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so just to be able to meet some people doing the same thing as you, yeah, is so nice. So that's why I love doing district stuff and, and meeting new people, yeah, in the district because it's like, oh man, you do my exact job yeah. where you are. Let's just talk about it, yeah, and, and you're not alone. Let me learn from you, yeah. You know, you're not alone anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've uh, we've talked. Travis out of quick quitting ministry before because he was involved in the district. I, I mean, multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd, I'd say at least Just two, or three weekend, times. two or three <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I've been on the edge of that cliff more times than I'd like to count. I, st- I still remember the first time it was me and Nate at a Denny's mm-hmm. that is now torn down, but just tears flowing from my face being like, I'm done. I'm going the to Georgia. The Denny's gave yeah. up, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it, I mean, it is important, and uh, the the more churches get involved, the more their students uh, stay. Mm. Like that's that's what I've noticed too. Is like mm. the leaders that we were having at convention and camp are used to be students. Yeah, you know, four or five years ago, and it's because their churches got involved. Yeah, and so their students got involved. Yeah, which um, I got a beautiful segue for this. Uh, oh. Because we're talking about not being You're alone not anymore. To announce it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Let them, Sorry. Oh, let's just let them respect the craft. All right, all right. Uh, because we're talking about loneliness, that that moves perfectly into one of Pastor Nate's talking points, yep. isolation yep. Oh, yeah, in this absolutely. week's sermon. So um, as we dive into this week's sermon, we're kicking off 
the series Out of the Cave by yeah. Chris Hodges. That's the book it's based on, which um, I read last year. Um, and it was a really, really important book for my, my spiritual journey. Um, I love Chris Hodges. We've gone to a couple of different events with him speaking. Yeah, I've gone down to his church for a youth event before. Um, and he is such a funny guy. He is a really funny That's guy. He has a funny <laughs> voice that I love listening He's got a funny voice? Chris Hodges? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess I haven't really noticed. He's yeah, I don't know. He's just, he's got like the he's, sweet southern. He is a southern hospitality. Yeah, <laughs> can I get y'all some more sweet tea? <laughs> I love that. And I just when he preaches, I just am the whole time like I feel like I'm hanging out in his living room. And yeah. he's, he's literally <laughs> cooking for me while he's talking. Um, but he wrote the book out of the cave um, as he was going through a journey, a pretty deep journey of depression. Um, yeah, yeah. through COVID, which is insane. So one of the things, so this happens for me pastorally. It's always kind of shocking when I hear people who have everything that, you know, you could dream of as a pastor talking about how messed up they feel. Oh yeah. Anyways. So Chris Hodges has one of, if not the largest church in America. I think there's oh. 40 to 50,000 people that wow. go to Church of the Highlands every know that. week. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I think it's the number one largest church. Yeah. So, huh. you know, on like has achieved pretty much, uh, you know, from the outside, everything you want. He has an amazing yeah. church, amazing team, amazing everything, you know, many best selling books, you know, has, you know, is inspiring people. And he talked about this book really talking through how emotionally messed up he was yeah. um, as he navigated COVID and all of these different things and working through some of the things that keep you healthy. And so we're diving into it as a church to talk through mental health, which is kind of a part two of our pitfalls. And then it's kind of a, um, we did a series mental hell a couple yep. of years ago. Mm -hmm. That was really good um, talking through that and trying to hit it from a balanced perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really important, which I don't know if you, yeah, you, you probably noticed as Pastor Nate preached, he tried to, he, the, the, almost the intro to his sermon was so long because the topic of mental health has to be hit from so many different yeah. angles. Yep. Um, so yeah. And, I, and one of the first points he hits on was the idea of isolation Yep. and what isolation does to you mentally. Right. Um, and it's not good. It's no. not good at all. <laughs> Well, and it's so easy to slip into. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the moment you start feeling bad about yourself or your situation, it's so easy just to just start isolating yourself to push people away. Mm -hmm. um, you can find yourself isolated in an instant without even realizing it. Yeah. I think the part that makes that hard too, the isolation piece is we whatever you are, introverted or extroverted, you celebrate that fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you, like people who are introverted use their introvertedness as an excuse of why they isolate. Right. It's like, right. hey, do you think it's because you're isolating too much? Well, no, I'm an introvert. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, I know some introverts and normally the healthiest ones still have some deep, close relationships oh, yeah. with, maybe it's just five people. Yeah. But those five people know what's going on in your life constantly. It's, yeah, and that's a misunderstanding of what it means to be introverted versus right, extrovert. Right. Extrovert doesn't mean you like to be around people and introvert means you hate being around people. Right. It just means where you get energy. Right. right. So an introvert, you can be an incredibly social introvert yep. that has a huge network of friends, 
but you just need a break to recharge before you go out again. Yep. Mm-hmm. An extrovert can have an in, can get energy being around people, but can still also self isolate and yep. and withdraw. Yep. And so it's a misunderstanding. Just because you're introverted doesn't mean you're shy. Right. right. Like right. you can be an out like you can be an outspoken and social introvert. You just need time to recharge. Right. And so that I hate it when people talk about that. Be like, oh no, I don't want to go out. I'm an introvert. It's like no, introverts like going out. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. just need to recharge afterwards. Like, and so that's where, cause I like tip between introvert and extrovert, depending on the, is there someone? <laughs> we just had a kid with Heelys yes. zip oh, by that door <laughs> and I wasn't ready. I think it was a Mayo. <laughs> yes, it can, indeed. She came back. <laughs> we have a small window in this door and it was just like, <laughs> blonde hair. But yeah, I tip between introvert and extrovert depending on yeah, so basically I. the, the day, the yep. month and stuff like that. And it's like, no, you, you're misunderstanding. Yep. Like you Introversion is not an excuse not to be social. Yeah. So, I, I usually tell people like I'm an extroverted introvert because <laughs> like I'm constantly around people, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it doesn't necessarily drain me, but those times I get alone, yeah, those are the times that like, you know, and usually when I say alone, I don't mean by myself. I usually mean just me and my wife. Yeah. You know, watch a TV show, mm-hmm. watch a movie. Like that's where I get all my energy from. Yeah. Mine is like the if I'm around the right people, yeah. I get that extroverted energy. Yep. So like if I'm just at a, with a bunch of strangers, I don't feel recharged. But if I'm with people I like, I do feel recharged. And so mm. it's like this weird like. Well, I mean, you know, a good example is, would be just a couple of nights ago. You know, it was a Friday night after Revive. Yeah. A group of us went out for dinner. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. exhausted. Me and Jeremy were like dead, but we were there because it was the right group of people. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was enjoyable. I am uh, 100% extroverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need people to wake up. I need people to yeah. work through. But I am, so you talked about it, I am shy. People mm-hmm. don't think that, but I am. So the only reason why I'm able to talk to strangers on Sunday is because there's a whole bunch of other people who are my friends around me. Yeah, mm-hmm. But like I've done, you know, I've done, tech at events when I show up because I was the random tech person that was hired and I don't know any of the other people mm. people probably think I'm a creepy homeschooler I'm just in my <laughs> corner like oh, yeah. I mean you are right yeah I am a creepy homeschooler <laughs> but, but when but I'm I'm that I if I I gotta be around uh, the right couple of people mm. and then I'm yeah. I'm just on, on fire excited to be around people but yeah but yeah, I think you're right. Using that as an excuse really means you don't understand the words. Yeah, you don't right. understand what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really a poor excuse. Yeah, It's such a poor excuse. Yeah, because you need it. Every study says even introverted people, extra doesn't matter. Right. If you are alone, it is detrimental to your mental health. Yeah. Well, and introverted doesn't mean isolation. Yeah. You know, like like I said, you know, I can tend to be introverted but I'm not alone. Yeah. Right. I'm just not with a huge group of people. Yeah. Yep. And it's, and it's, yeah. So it's so important. And I mean, and the hard part about depression, which Nate focused on a lot of this week, um, the idea of depression and stuff like that is it is so pernicious and destructive that as you isolate, you feel like you need to isolate more. So like as it hits you and as you become depressed, 
you don't have the energy to be around people, which makes you feel like you shouldn't be around people, which then makes you feel worse, which right. makes you feel around, you should be around people even less. Yep. And then it's a, it's a spiral. Yep. It is mm-hmm. an absolutely devastating spiral. And um, the problem if, like keeps causing the problem. Yeah. Like it literally just keeps compounding yeah. on itself. Yeah, legitimately. And it's it's so crazy. Like and so like if you get severe cases of depression where you check into a mental hospital, the first thing they do is you'll be in your little room and they'll be like, All right, come on, you got group therapy. And it's like, No, I'm depressed. Like, yeah, that's why you have right. group therapy. Yeah. Right. You're come and they make you come Go and be around people. people. And it's 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 hard and it's awful, but that's just the cycle that has to break before you make any any pros- progress. Which, and and you look throughout scripture, you never do you see people really isolate themselves. Mm-hmm. There there are moments where like you know Christ goes into the wilderness, yeah, um, but that was to be alone with God. Yeah, you know it wasn't yeah. just to be alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was different. And I mean we have this we have this. Um, story of Elijah. And mm-hmm. one of the things that happens at the end of the story that's um, so critical is so God begins to make him take care of himself. Elijah says, I'm all alone. And then God says, no, there's this many people who I've saved for you. I can't remember the exact number. It's like 7,000 yeah. or something yeah. like that. And so the th- the promise that pulls him out of the depression is, no, you're not actually alone. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this many people in the kingdom who I've set aside for you. Mm-hmm. Like they're there. And so he's like wrestling through this, like I'm alone. It's just me. Like there's no one else. And God reassures him with the promise. One, that's interesting. The first thing is God doesn't reassure him that, oh, I will, I'm all, I'm the only one you need. He doesn't say, oh, like, yeah. cause he yeah. could have said that. He yeah. could have been like, no, look, you have this angel, like this yeah. angel's here True. with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's talking to you. He doesn't reassure him. Like I'm the only one you need. He says, no, 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 look, there is others. Yeah. And he, he gives up a people to go to and yeah, that, that's cool. and that's the promise that pulls him ultimately out of it which is really important in the story well and and i think sometimes we do a disservice you know with with you mentioning that because like and i i've been guilty of this as a youth pastor when a when a teenager says i, I feel so alone yeah you know we we default to but you got god yeah you know yeah. like you're never alone because you have god and it's like well yes that's true mm-hmm. but we should also pinpoint the other people around them that they do have. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because ultimately, like, you do always have God, but that's not all God wired us to have. Right. And that's a very early biblical principle. Right. Like, what is the first thing God says is not good in the Bible? For man to be alone. For man to be alone. But God's there. God walks in the garden with him. Yeah. Yeah. How's man alone? Well, because man's wired to not be alone. Yeah. Absolutely. In that way, like... Oh, you need another person. I like that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and so That's the first thing he said was not good. Yeah, the very first thing. It's like crazy. That. It's and so that's it's cool. it's that deeply rooted in scripture. Yeah. Like that's the first thing God looks at and says, "This isn't good. This is broken." And um, it's that he's alone. And so yep. that's how important God values community, relationship. Yeah. Um. Non non isolation. Um. So which is what Nate really hit on. Yep. And he tradition. talked about that in pitfalls as well. That was yeah. so he was kind of rehitting, mm-hmm. rehitting that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I loved his um, his whole comparison to your physical health mm. and how some people are prone towards certain things. Oh, yep. Absolutely, right? So certain things in their physical health, and same way people are prone to 
things in there, mental health as yeah. well. I lo- I love that comparison. I've never I've never thought through those two mm. points quite so well, and I think it helps me because like you know if someone's overweight and has health issues but you see their eating habits sometimes you can get frustrated right, right? because right. you you see well you're, you're kind of putting yourself there yeah. but then there are other people who are like I'm I'm doing all this stuff you know I'm still having all this I'm fighting to avoid diabetes I'm fighting and all of a sudden you can have like a different grace mm-hmm. towards them because you see it and it helped me think through I, again, not putting like that on to other people in their in their mental health as well, to where they can be trying their best yep. and it's 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 better, but it's mm-hmm. not fixing it. Mm-hmm. And just realizing like, okay, I get it. Like they're they ha- they are just have a different kind of predisposition yeah. that they're working with than I do, <clears throat> and I need to remember that. And I thought I just loved that kind of comparison mm-hmm. to work through. Um. I didn't know if you. I didn't know if that was a new concept for you guys, or just to make that comparison, or you've already. I'm I'm behind, and that was already. <laughs> a thing. I mean, you already read the book, so did he mention that in the in Chris Hodges? It's been book? a while since I've talked about, it, but I think so. But it, it's hard because, like, a lot of like, I don't know. I've heard that thrown around when you talk about mental health a lot, yep. because un- unfortunately, I am one of those people with the predisposition to the not good side of it. I have. Yeah. Um, an unhealthy mental metabolism is the best way I think about it. (laughs) I have an unhealthy Um, physical metabolism. (laughs) And I think one of the key things is too, you go through seasons where it is different. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I had a really good physical metabolism until I was like 22 and then it got less good. <laughs> and I'm still, and it like, it's hard to like, as you get re- older. yeah, as you get older, it changed. And it's like, and what's weird is like, then you have to readjust your lifestyle yeah. because like, Oh, I spent my whole life being, you know, yeah, right. eat whatever I want. You know, I could eat two and a half pizzas on and my own and then it hits. And it's like, Oh, now I gain weight. And so like that happens mentally too in your life. Like yeah. just depending on where you're at, like, Oh, I spent my whole life being fine you know, having an erratic sleep schedule, you Mm -hmm. know, and things like that. And then all of a sudden you hit a point where it's like, oh, this is impacting my mental health more than I thought it was. And, you know, and so it's weird, you know, that you have different seasons of it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I've had, I've heard like kind of that. Um, And so that idea of like understanding. So, because I tend to have, um, I tend to have, you know, grace, but at the same time, like you said, Jeremy, like there is that, well, there's only so much, you can do like, oh, I have bad mental health. Well, I know you watched five hours of Netflix last right, night. Like, right, right. And you're shocked. I know you do nothing but sit on social media. And that's like a deeper thing is um, as studies are coming out, the effects of social media on mental health, absolutely detrimental, oh, yeah. specifically to teenagers. Yeah. But we, the reason we know it's teenagers is because they grew up, they're in it. We don't know what it's done to young adults at this point because right. we're just starting to see the implications. Yeah, it's true. Um, but every study shows that your consumption of social media has a directly negative impact right. on your mental health. Well, and I, I think part of the reason why is because it, it fosters an environment of isolation mm-hmm. because you no longer have to be with people. You can just go online and see them. Yep. And it also fosters that environment of comparison, which yes. Pastor Nate talked about. Yeah. Cause he hit that too. And it does both of those yeah. very well. Very well. Um, and so I mean, mentally people make money. on social That's media. how people oh, make yeah. money. So social media could is essentially, um, it is the McDonald's, 
the sweets, <laughs> no, yeah. the, you know, Absolutely. of mental oh, man, health. Rock this analogy yeah. all the way through. <laughs> legitimately, legitimately, legitimately it's true. Yeah, like think about it. And that's why it affect it does affect people differently. Some people can eat as much McDonald's as they want yeah. and never gain a pound. Some people can sit on social media as much as they want. And it's addicting, just and, like oh, oh, McDonald's. And <laughs> hang on, one more comparison that's crazy because we talked about it this weekend when they made the realization that they should uh, work McDonald's and Burger King if they opened up together. Yeah. They sell more. Yeah. And now you think of Meta having Facebook and Instagram and yeah, how they cross communicate to each other. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. And it's true. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's just like they, you know, realizing like, oh man, we can sell more of our yeah. of our addictiveness, you know. Yeah. I mean, like when, now that we're compared. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to think through. Yeah. And so it's and so and it just it hits people differently. It it, it, but it's 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 not good, and so that's a huge portion of why mental health is talked about a lot yep. more. So it can be like sometimes it's talked about almost it feels like ad nauseum, like you just yeah. hear nothing but yep. about mental health. But it's it's underlying a truth that we really don't know what social media is going to do to people's brains yeah. because we've never had it. Yeah, this is new. This right. is like. Man, for all we know, like this is like McDonald's like started putting cocaine in their food. We Absolutely. don't know, right? We the don't know level what's of, happening of health impact that's going on it's mentally. Well, you know, I just had, recently had a conversation with my dad about this because myself and my siblings, uh, some of us have been dealing with anxiety and depression and yep. just different uh, mental health issues. And and my dad's like, "What did we do wrong?" Mm. Um, and we you know we never had any of this stuff growing up. Yeah. And it's like, no, you probably did, you know, but not, not to the extent it is, yeah. you know, like, because because you see the same thing. Once again, another analogy, you see the same rise on physical health or decline in physical health. You know, when, when McDonald's was first introduced, no big deal, you know, but as the years gone on, the obesity rate in America has grown astronomically. Right. Yeah. And so, same thing, you know, it would, there, there were unhealthy people back then, just like there were mentally unhealthy people back then, but as social media has come, as, as some of these other um, negative influences have come about, mm-hmm. now that has grown astronomically. Yeah. As you introduce more opportunities to mentally hurt yourself, right. the, the number of times it happens yeah. increases. Same, like, like you're saying, like as we introduce more fatty foods, mm-hmm. the people who have the predisposition begin to show up more frequently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, which should hopefully help you know, people that are working through it that feel maybe they, have, they feel the same way, but it's them communicating that their parents don't understand. Oh, you never yeah. have right. this all this stuff. Like, it should give grace to the generation that never had to work through this yeah. because they literally, this was before it opened. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't understand. Most of them still don't know what TikTok is. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so like, they don't understand what's happening. And so it should give, you know, cause I just know a lot of people, th- there's becoming a stigma of people that preach mental health yeah. that are intolerant of people who can't understand it. Yeah. yeah that are, well, you'll never understand, you know, and they get angry yeah. and it's like, well, you, you can't do that. Like this is again, biggest, biggest shift in our culture since the printing press yeah. is yeah. introducing, is introducing this. And you yeah. think through like, 
would all the people who grew up having books angry at the people who couldn't read who are older? Yeah. Like, that's pretty privileged of you for yeah. stuff. Like, you right. can't just be mad because they, did, they didn't have it. Yeah. So yeah. they don't understand it. And they didn't have any of the wording that we had because those things couldn't spread as fast. Yeah. So if someone in Texas found out something about mental health, chances are of someone in New England finding out about it before social media, yeah. it's pretty slim that it yeah. would get gathered around. So we're we're just, it's a whole different world we're in. We need to have grace for people who don't understand yeah. that concept. And I mean, those people can learn some grace for people trying to process a new problem yeah. that's never mm-hmm. existed. Yeah, and so. one of the things that you know you begin to see is um, so you don't see it on, um, you don't see this hitting older generations as hard. And that's because ultimately they've already got established rhythms yeah. that have created a healthy mental culture Yep, that they aren't, they, it's just not, it just can't hit them. So it's like, if you think through, like if we can, we're pushing this analogy really far, but <laughs> McDonald's opens up for the first time, right? Yeah. In your hometown. Yep. And you are a person who already runs, already um, exercises, already, um, you know, mostly diets well. Yep. McDonald's doesn't have the same impact on you even if you start going to it. Yep. Right. Because you've already got such healthy rhythms. Yep. And so you think through, older generation already has some healthy things built in. You're probably married. You probably already have a family, which um, a, a family culture is really important to mental health. Huge. So when you shift, so that's one of the problems that we face um, as our, our generation that's unique is that we think our responsibility goes global before it becomes personal. And so um, you think your job is to fix the world's problems when oh, your yeah. job is to fix you first. Yeah. And older people have already figured that out because that's just how they lived. Like all right, of a sudden, yeah. like they, they're like, oh no, I fixed myself. I fixed my family. And then I fix maybe my church. And then I, and, and you just kind of go, yeah. we go the reverse. We think we can fix the world. And then it takes a while till we yeah. finally realize we need to pare down to me first. Yep. And so they've already got that healthy rhythm of no, like if I'm in a good place, my family's in a good place, I can be proud of that and mm-hmm. that's enough. And for us, we have a very hard time not being the opposite because of the comparison. Yeah. Like, oh no, my job is to fix the whole world. I need to be the best at this. I need to do this. Right. And, and we think we have a global Look at what this person the same age as me is accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Yeah. I need to accomplish the exactly. same. That will make me happy. Exactly. And so, and so it just, it's, you know, like that's one of the things that's so crazy to me. So talking to my grandfather, he remembers the first time he had pizza because <laughs> a pizza place opened that's up crazy. when he was 15. <laughs> like yeah. that was like, it was the first place, like it opened up, he was 15 years old and he's like, I remember I'd heard about pizza, but I'd yep. never had it before. And it's like, it's that same type of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, you know, they've lived a life without anything. And then all of a sudden, like now you've grown up with nothing but pizza and it's just, it's a different, a different yep. beast you're tackling. That being said, I do remember the first time I had a Big Mac. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I, I, I remember the first time I had a McGriddle. Uh, you know? like, well, because I was, I was, I was happy meal. That's all I could get mm, when we went. Yeah. I remember going once as an adult and said, what's this Big Mac? I see. <laughs> and I forget who it was. I was probably with my friend Frankie. I think I just took a bite and looked at him like, holy <laughs> What is this? <laughs> this thing is ninety percent bread, but it's Let's, delicious. Yeah. I'm Let that clue sure. you into where my physical predisposition <laughs> lies. Uh, I'm pretty sure my mom was letting me eat Big Macs at like ten or eleven because I outgrew the Happy Meal Your that mom fast. Was great. I mean, I was. I mean, my family we can just eat. We yeah, it's eat. true. 
So if you've ever sat around like, and and that's like another weird like you know you know if you've ever met any one of my siblings, we can eat every single yeah, one of us. And it's you insane. stay real skinny. I mean, less so than I used to. Yeah. But ultimately, like, not it's it's like I can get away with more than more than some. <laughs> I can't wait until your brother Luke hits your age. <laughs> I see what he eats. I see what he eats. He lived in my house when he was in the internship. No, 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 because he already eats that. You want to see what it does to his body. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want to see how he eats. I want to see what happens to him when he hits your age. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, but I think, yeah, but that's, that's all part of it. And then I think yep. one of the things that I think is really important to talk through, so maybe talk through it in your personal life, things like that, mm. is we undervalue the importance of physical health on mental health. Yeah. Oh, um, 100%. And so Nate talked about that a lot. Yeah. So we can we can yep. dive into that and maybe talk a little bit about that. And um, I don't know, share, you know, any any moments where you've realized your physical health was negatively affecting your mental health in a pretty deep way. Almost any time that I am, am getting, feeling like I'm in a rut. That's, that's normally what happens to me. I feel yeah. like I get stuck just in life. I'm like, yeah. man, I, I feel I'm losing drive or whatever. Haley, my wife Haley, will always start to harp on me about my morning routine mm -hmm. because she she knows when I do that, I'm like a totally different person. Mm. I, I'm like the superhuman version of myself. If I could just keep that rhythm, when I if I wake up and go to the gym in the morning, I have my best devotionals. Mm. I do my best studies right. just because I started the day on something right. Yeah. And all of a sudden I just start thinking about those things more. And now the hard part is just finding the rhythm with kids. That's mm. always been the hard part. And I abs I've, I've absolutely hate working out. Yeah. I hate <laughs> doing that stuff, but I know what it does to me. Mm. Right. And that's something that Haley knows as well. So she's always pushed Whenever it's like, yeah, I'm just feeling like this. She's like, well, I know you stop going to the gym in the morning. Mm -hmm. And normally you're a lot better when you do that. And she's not talking about my health. She's not yeah, talking right. about my my physical appearance. Mm -hmm. um, she's talking about how I talk during the day. Yeah. So I don't see it as much as she does. Mm -hmm. But she sees the difference. And she's pretty much tells me when it's time to start taking it seriously. Because I'll be zoning out all the time. I'll just mm -hmm. be like in this mood. And so she always clues in like, hey, you may not notice, but the rest of us notice right. that you need some attention on your physical health because you are making a lot, you're, you're just causing a lot of misery in the yeah, household. Yeah. And so I, I see that a lot, you know, and it's really just little things. Trying to drink more water than coffee yeah. changes my life. Big time. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, I still work through that because mm -hmm. um, I'm naturally pretty, like I think I grew up pr pretty stable. I've worked through a lot of things and um, I don't have a lot of mood swings. I think 90% of the time for me, it's when I start to neglect my body mm. in a big way. Mm -hmm. um, I just start to have like weird um, moods, mood swings almost yeah. like that's kind of how they, how they play out. I'll be perfectly fine. You say one comment, I will be so angry. Absolutely. And, and then it's normally Haley's like, you need to start doing something in the morning, like go for a walk. And yeah. so, you know, even just doing that in the morning just changes everything. And I think it's really important what you're saying there because you don't notice it yourself. Like no, that's, I don't. that's the, 
difficult part of it yep. is you don't know how bad you are. Right. Yeah. And so it's like this thing where like you kind of like, you know, if you take, you, you know, you just, you don't see it. You just don't look at yourself and realize how bad you are. Yep. And it takes an awakening of someone else to kind of make me realize, oh, I was really bad and yeah. didn't realize it. And then it's, it's how you respond to that mm -hmm. because, because my wife has done the same too, you know, because I'm the same way. If if I'm not sleeping, if I'm not, you know, yeah. drinking the water I should be drinking or taking care of myself physically the way I should be, my wife will be quick to tell me and be like, hey, this is happening. You need to, you know, do it right. Like, you know, she'd be like, did you work out this morning? And depending on where I'm at, you know, sometimes I'll be like, no, you're right. I need to. Or I'll be like, did you work out this morning? I don't <laughs> yeah, so think you know so. you went a little too long. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I can't say that to Haley because she she does always. <laughs> Haley's got the willpower that I've never seen in my life. Never, <laughs> I just And I hate it because it makes it really hard to have that fault. Right. <laughs> my wife has no excuse. Well, and 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 sometimes we can just get so defensive, though. Yeah, you know when that happens, and it's like, yeah, I know I'm not doing this, but you just don't understand A, B, C, D, E, and it's like, quit getting defensive and realize you're not doing it. Yeah, right. And correct it. Right. Yeah. And it's really hard because for us, at least, we end up in a very sedentary job sometimes. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> yeah, where we're just sitting and you just sit, and it just it does things to your brain that are so hard to understand. Like yeah. it was it was easier when I like when I first moved to New Hampshire, I was working a job at the hospital and mm -hmm. I had to walk around all the time. And mm -hmm. That's all I did was I walked. Yeah. And it was really good for me mentally because I was moving. Yeah. And you know, even though I hated the job, like ultimately walking for long periods of time were so good for me. Yeah. And stuff like that. And so it's like shifting out of that sedentary lifestyle Absolutely. which can be really really difficult. You know, yeah. I remember where I used to be a youth pastor at the pastor at the time. He, uh, like, he didn't like us being in the office. Yeah. Like he wanted us like out and about and like either cleaning the church, moving the church, building things, doing whatever. And so, I mean, I was constantly on the move. And then when I came into the district role as the youth director, that's a very admin oriented position, which requires me sitting at a desk for long yeah. periods of time. And I probably gained thirty pounds within the first like <laughs> just, six months, yeah, just yeah. from just from sitting. Like yeah. nothing else changed. Yeah, you know, it was just I wasn't active. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always hard. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, and so yeah, it's just making sure that you're balancing both because a lot of times a mental problem is actually a physical problem. Oh yeah, yep. and so working through that, and so to go back to one of your points, like obesity has risen dramatically. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's coincidental that Agreed. mental health issues have also yeah. risen alongside no, that. Um, as childhood obesity has increased, teenagers with mental health issues have exponentially increased. Yeah. Right. And I think they're a lot more linked than we like to pretend. Yeah. Um, well, no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. Because you have to admit that, you know, they, 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 there's this misnomer between confronting obesity and then calling someone fat, right? Yeah. Like when we confront obesity, all we're saying is we need to get healthy. Yeah. You know, we're not calling anyone fat. Right. Like if 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 like if you if you've never met me, I'm a big dude. <laughs> all right. So this is coming from a place of love, but like I know I need I need to work on my 
my physical health. I've been obese, clinically obese, for the majority of my life. Yeah. And I wonder why I deal with the mental problems I deal with. Mm. But we never want to talk about it because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. And it's that, it's the, it's this weird balance of, um, you know, if obesity is higher than it's ever been, people didn't change in the past 50 years where all of a sudden all of our genetics made us overly obese. Right. right? Our, our routines must have changed. Right. Yep. What we consumed changed. Absolutely. And so there's right. some, there's some, and it's the same thing with us mentally. Like we didn't go all of a sudden from, you know, this, I can't remember the exact percentage, but you know, like, you know, maybe 10% of the population struggling with depression to all of a sudden upwards of 45% of teenagers saying yeah. they're in a severe depressive episode. Right. Like people didn't change culture and routines changed on yeah. some level. And so there's something that's happening that we all have to wrestle through. And what Pastor Nate had to tackle from so many angles is there's a lot of things that could have changed for you. So it could be your physical health could be yeah. the problem. You could have a messed up brain. Mm -hmm. um, that could be a problem. You could have, um, you could be in a season that really is awful. Yeah. Like there's moments where, you know, you probably should be depressed. Like, you Absolutely. know, some people, you know, they come into counseling and it's like, well, you know, my, my, my parents just passed away. You know, I lost my job. You my know, dog died this my morning. dog died this week. And it's like, you know, you should probably be depressed a yeah, little bit. You should like, probably that's, feel that. yeah. that's normal. Like if you weren't, there might be something else wrong with you. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You know, so you got to wrestle through and it's so hard because it's not, it's not a one pill solution mm -hmm. for and, everyone. And, and I think that's important to point out because yeah, we, you know, we did just talk about physical, physical health a lot because that yeah. does tend to be one of the primary, yeah. you know, links to it, but it's not the only one, you know, I've seen right. extremely physical fit people. Yeah that struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. I've seen extremely physical fit people that deal with, you know, other mental illnesses. And so it's not just because of their physical health, it's yeah. predisposed to it or their situations or their mental routines. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and yeah. And so then, and then I think the final thing, I don't know how much time we have left, but yeah, we're good. Oh, yeah, oh, cool. Keep okay, cool. So we can keep going. Um, one of the things that yeah, Pastor buckle Nate, your seatbelts, people. We ain't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pastor Nate talked through was your work life routine is yeah. really oh, yeah. important to your yep. mental health, and so he talked about the excess of work destroying your mental health. Yeah, and I think this is also corresponds to. Um, we live in a very productivity culture oriented. Yeah. Like you've got to be productive all the time and um, a, a very guilty conscience if mm -hmm. you're not productive. It's very weird because you have a guilty, you're, you're either, you might feel guilty, but you're also like watching unreasonable amounts of using your phone on a reasonable amount, but you're still feeling guilty about it and it messes with you. But, living but you still in enjoy it. <laughs> you still enjoy it. But living in productivity culture where you feel this obligation to work yeah. all the time yeah. or you do work really hard and you're unable to ever breathe. And yeah. so the idea and the, and the importance of rest. And so he talked a lot about the Sabbath and how, yeah. how important it is as a routine. And um, yeah, I don't know if that's something you guys are guilty of or have faced recently within the past 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, all right, don't yeah. call me out. <laughs> This was the moment for, for my wife and I. We had, uh, so we, we'd gotten home pretty late from Revive Saturday night and we just went straight to bed. And 
I slept, no joke, about 19, 20 hours. Uh, my body was just exhausted. Yeah. And then I, I wake up and I turn on Restoration Online. And what do I hear <laughs> Pastor Nate say? <laughs> Maybe you, you know? sleep for twenty hours. Yeah, maybe yeah. you sleep for twenty hours, or or maybe you're 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 eating junk. And meanwhile, for breakfast, my wife went and got McDonald's because she didn't <laughs> want to cook. And so we're just sitting there going, "All right, Nate, you don't have to literally preach at us. We 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 see what you're saying." Yeah, let let that be a comfort. We feel like he's preaching to us too. Yeah, if you ever feel yeah. like someone's preaching a sermon about you, yes, we feel it too as pastors. Just because we're pastors does not mean we've got yeah. it all figured out. Yeah, and I think so. I've been seeing this go around on Facebook, so I pulled it up before we started. Um, it's a quote that someone has been sharing. And it's one of those ones, you know, because you see a lot of mental health posts. And I was like, I actually like this one. Um, it says, If you don't pick a day to relax, your body will pick it for you. And the person yeah. underneath started saying, like, Yeah, bud, I was on the grind nonstop for a few months until my body said, Ha ha, watch this, <laughs> and took me out of work for three weeks. <laughs> it's yeah. true. You know? And then the person who said says, um, sometimes it will take the rest of your life. I can't stress this enough. I wish I could get this through to everyone I know. If you try and organize and be productive with every minute of your day, eventually your body will pull the rug out from under you in a dramatic fashion and you may end up being unable to do very little at all in a world that has no sympathy for people who need rest. Mm. So rest now. Work on making sure the people around you know it's okay to rest. Yeah, And I think it's, it's that thing where you can you know, it's uh, we keep going back to physical health, but it's the clearest analogy. You can train and work out so hard, your mm-hmm. body never recovers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it will never be back to what it was. You can rip muscles, hurt knees, break elbows, break arms, mm-hmm. hurt your back to a point that you will never recover again. And you can do the same thing mentally. Yeah, oh yeah. You can push yourself so hard that for the rest of your life you will never recover yeah. from what you've done to yourself. Just is, er, oh, Go ahead. No, which is a lot what, what Nate talked through. Like take a vacation before you need a vacation, Yeah, right? So the one thing that I did after Revive, because it was a lot, right? Oh, we, yeah. We did, and we did fine arts in between. So we had the worship <laughs> team lead worship for Thursday night, lead worship Friday morning, not take a break because we had orientation. So we went down, grabbed a quick meal, came upstairs, did all the fine arts, which was literally listening to kids who maybe could sing, maybe couldn't, and maybe couldn't do the things that they wanted to do. Right. And, 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 you know, my wife kept texting me, poker face, poker face, because I, I, I was running out. Then we did Friday night. We did Saturday morning. And you know what I did when I got home? I let my devices die. Yeah. And I did not charge them that night. Mm. <laughs> so this morning I charged them enough so I could check my messages before I headed into work. But legitimately I thought through like once we got here for Sunday, which we got here at five o'clock to set up everything again. Yeah. Nate talked about all this stuff, take a vacation before you need it. And I thought, okay, I need to think through this. So yeah. I did not charge my devices. I let them die. And I just stayed off my phone, stayed off of everything. And, and like I felt a recovery just from that because I just kind of like detached for a minute and took a huge mental break. Yeah. But just thinking through like that, it's so important for you Mm -hmm. to find that type of rhythm. And like, I could have just grinded my way through, but like today we're going to finish this podcast. I'm going to go take my kids Mm -hmm. to a playground and I'm probably going to again, let my phone die and then charge it tonight and be ready to go tomorrow. Way better. 
yeah. or else I'm not going to be able to. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And I think that's one of the things that Pastor Nate has always done really well with us as a staff. Yeah. Is he's we don't realize us, how good he he does it for us. Yeah. He forces us to honor rest and to honor our time. And so when we do weekends like this, he's like, no, you take a day off next week. Um, one of the things I still struggle with is I feel guilty taking vacations. So I'll like, it'll get towards like, as I'm looking at the calendar, I'll get stressed out at the idea of taking a vacation. And sometimes I'm a little short with my wife about it because she'll be like, well, why don't you take a day off here? I'm like, no, I can't. Nope. 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 And like, and it's like, I have vacation time that the church has given me. I can use it. But I, and, and like it sometimes it gets towards the end of the year and it's like, oh, Nate's like, when was the last time you took a vacation? Four months ago. You have, for me, four weeks of vacation. What do you mean four weeks ago? Four months ago. What do you mean five months ago? Like, that's not okay. Yeah. That's not right. That's not what we do. And even this week, like, it's a conscious effort for me to be like, I need to take a day off this week because we were gone all weekend. Right. I, we worked, you know, because I worked all last week too. Like, we haven't stopped. It's been, you know, eight days at this point. And it's like, and um, I was like, I should probably take Wednesday off. But then it was all the excuses of, no, I'm, I've got to do this and I'm going to do this and I don't want to take Wednesday off and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, even like sometimes it's a weird thing where sometimes I've pushed myself too far and I know that I should have a day off, but I'll come in and I don't do anything productive, yep. but I just sat there and that made me feel like I was productive. Yeah, <laughs> And it's <Yep>. like, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of tabs open on my <laughs> yeah. on my Safari. Well, Andrew browser. always has a lot of tabs open. <laughs> that stresses me out. Uh, you know, but then you know, and sometimes I'll realize, like, oh yeah, like I haven't, like I could have taken this day off, and it would have been better for me. But I kind of just came in and wasted a day. Yeah, you know, and it's the same thing. It's my body's deciding, like, yeah, you're not going to do anything. You mm-hmm. can't, and it's like I, but I could have built in a healthy rhythm. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I agreed to speak at a youth pastors conference two days before our revive youth conference started. Mm. Um, it was a blessing to be there, but that was like, you know, when we're talking about, you know, planning your schedule and thinking through things, did not think through that, right. did not plan that. Don't speak correctly. at a conference when you're hosting. Exactly. <laughs> Another Worst one that decision week. you possibly can make, but at it, I spoke on rest. Yeah. Mm. And the night before I'm speaking to the host and uh, another speaker and, you know, we're talking about rest and and I was just talking about how like exhausted I am right now and and the speaker said something that I you know I've heard, I think I've heard before but never really thought of and it was are you running at a pace that you can sustain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I looked him right in the eyes and I said no, I'm not. Mm. It, like and and just like we're talking about you know with your physical health is the same with your mental health. You know, are you working out at a pace that you can maintain? I know a lot of yeah. times when I start to work out, I, I work out every single day for an yeah. hour a day. Well, that's not a maintainable <laughs> thing. And then so I ve- eventually great feel week. defeated. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like that one week's great. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I, I'm tired. I'm not going to work out tomorrow. And then yeah. I never work out again. Yeah. And it's the same thing with our, with our mental health. You know, are, are we working at a pace that we can sustain? Are we getting the rest that we need or are we just go, 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 go? Yeah. And I, I see it as a leader. Whenever I come into a new position or new people start to join the team, I watch and I think to myself, is this person a marathoner or a sprinter? Yeah. 
And a lot of times, you know, it happens a lot when you come into a new leadership position, you find the sprinters very quickly because they will do everything for you. Yep. I'm going to do this. I'll get this done. I'll come in for this day. I'll join and this meeting. And it could be great for a month. Exactly. Two months even. Because mm-hmm. they're yeah. good sprinters. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the month, they're gone. two yep. months, and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Or not gone, or just the things that they're working through are are crumbling. Yes. Sp- and they're and they're driving themselves insane. And yeah, they're driving the team insane. Yeah. They're driving you insane. They're, they're trying driving, so hard. Yeah, they're yeah. trying and and there's just and it's just and they don't get it. And then you watch who's the marathoner. And it's the people who just are consistent and they just are able to do it. Yep. They just keep going. They just keep going. They just keep going. And they're with you for a long period of time. And yeah. so I'll watch and and I'll and I know usually in advance like oh you're a sprinter. And people, it happens in people who come to the church, they'll come in full force. They're yep. involved in every team. They're involved in everything. They do every yep. moment. And then six months later, they're not even attending on Sunday anymore. Which, so the, we're just talking about this rhythm thing. Yeah. I think it's important to talk through one more because we are, we're running close on time now. Cool. But um, I'm thinking through the rhythm of Sabbath and even the rhythm of spending time with God. Yeah. I've known Christians or people who want to pursue their faith not read their Bible mm. because they're trying so hard to like almost romanticize the idea of it. I don't mm. know if that makes sense mm-hmm. to you. Um, I can't read, I don't have time to read my Bible because the devotional plan that I have in my brain right. takes two hours. Yeah. And I don't have that time. Or I'm spending so much time but, praying. Yeah, or whatever. And, and they, and they never get it. So I, or I, feel I like- have to pray for 50 minutes straight and that's the only good Christian would do that. Right. And so you set this rule of yeah. like, you, it's, it's literally the equivalent of you, you know, you walking into a gym, seeing a Jack dude do his squats and you're yeah. like, I'm not going to change the weight. I want to look like that. So I'm yeah. going to do the squats he's doing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well that's going to hurt you and it's going to make you hate it. Yep. Yeah. And so you think through the rhythm of spending time with God. One thing that I just think through, like when when Pastor Nate was talking to, I think one of our interns talking through, like, what if you just started your day just really casually saying, morning, God, thank you for today. I'm yeah. so thankful I have today. Mm-hmm. And then go about your day. What if when you go on a hike, because you already like to do that, you just stop and realize that God created <laughs> the area you're in. Mm. And then, and and you're trying to like pace yourself into it because yeah. I feel like we feel guilty because we mm. don't read our Bibles. Yeah. And so we then hammer in time to read our Bibles and then it's not sustainable. So yeah. like I go on, I go on podcast sprints all the time mm. yeah. and I overkill and yeah. I don't listen to podcasts for another month. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to get into a rhythm, but I just feel like in your, in your mental health and in your faith to, yeah. to have a rhythm that's realistic. Yep. And even like you start the idea with something um, small enough, but impactful enough. Mm. You know, if you leave wanting more, that's great because that means you're going to return to it. Yeah. You know, I like the idea. I like the idea. It's almost like um, buttressing where like you're put, there's something already there and you're adding on to it. Yeah. So um, one of the things we even talked about. Um, we're trying to get the kids to raise money for Speed the Light. We're saying, don't do anything different. Just do what you're already doing and include God in it. Right. Yeah. And so we've right. got a girl who like, she pitches. Ugh. And so she's like, 
she got people to pledge money for every person she strikes out. She's like, yeah. I want to incorporate God into what I do. Yeah. And so she didn't change what she was doing anyway. Right. She's already pitching. She said, now God's going to be a part of this. And I'm going to do this thing. You should be doing the same thing Absolutely. in every area of your life. Yeah. Like, okay, Don't. I already have a car ride to work. I'm just going to add God into it. Right. Right. I've already got, um, I already have, like, I already have a lunch break. Instead of it being a stagnant one, I'm going to go for a walk while I I have my lunch break. I've already got, and you just find areas, instead of creating a new routine, add to what already exists and what you've already established. You just redeem it. Yeah. Redeem that time. Mm, Exactly. Instead of trying to add time to your day. Oh, Because you're not going to make more hours in the day. (laughs) Yeah. And if you do, you're going to be grumpy for it. Yeah. You're like, well, I'll just wake up at five to do my devotional. (laughs) No, you're not. You're going to zone out. Trust me. I've tried. You know how well I pray in the morning? Awful. I will start praying and then I'll just come back five minutes later like, where was I? <laughs> and not like the biblical taken into the presence of God. I was, I was, right. not, I was not brought right. into the presence of anything. <laughs> okay? So just like, I love, I think that is like the healthiest way to work through your spiritual aspect. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love when Nate teaches on this because he's a pastor that teaches such a healthy balance. Yes. He doesn't say, um, you know, and even people were talking to me after service. Like, I love that we have a pastor that doesn't say, just pray about it. Yeah. Right. Or just right. give it to God, which is totally what happens. Yeah. You 100%. just like, you know, just give it to God. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. And I love that Nate has this kind of balance between the two. Yeah. Um, Cause it's just, it makes it so much easier to understand. And again, it's like, uh, you know, you could either sit there and just be like, "God, take this, take this diabetes away." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always, <laughs> right. I always right. joke of like when I eat crap food, I'm like, "And God, turn this into a salad on the way down, please." <laughs> like the whole idea is like that's essentially what you're doing. I'm gonna sit here and do nothing. God, will you take this away from me? Yeah. yeah. Why don't you, you know, work hard for you, and then God will reward that yeah. and say, you know what? Yeah great. I'll, I would love to take this away from you. Yeah. Or even he's said, I have already taken it away from you. If you just go for a walk 15 minutes a day, right? Like that's all it takes. I've I've created your body in such a way. Yep. It's right there. The solution just like, no, that you don't need a miracle. Like, you know, a lot of us go like, I need a miracle. It's like, no, you you don't, you don't need a miracle. Yeah. You know, you you just need, you just need to to follow and to do what I've commanded you to do. Yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, cool. So we're going to wrap up. I think we had a couple of resources that we want to pass. Um, one thing we didn't hit on in this was the importance of therapy. If you yep. need that. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's an important part of mental health. So we have restoration recovery, which will be linked down below. We're yep. taking self-paid clients. We're going to be accepting insurances soon. Yep. Um, that's a great resource to start the process of beginning to, beginning to figure out um, Therapy is just hiring a personal trainer for your brain. Yeah, yeah, um, that's exactly they it. They look at your body. They look at what macros you need. They look <laughs> at all those things, and they yeah. they look. You know, they figure out if you've got um, a gland problem, and they help you process through that. So um, that's a and, great resource. And it's still cool because you think about restoration recovery mm-hmm. and the way it's working. The idea of it, um, you can obviously you can meet with with any of the pastors, right? You mm-hmm. can always talk to us. And but we can do what we can do. Yeah, restoration recovery is helping people 
literally who with their lives are revolved around helping people with mental illnesses. Yeah. Right. And by taking insurances and doing self-pay clients, like we're helping them just live that life. Yeah of helping people yeah. and like that's their full-time thing. So it's when you get something with restoration recovery, you're getting someone who specializes in both yeah. spiritual and, and actual mental health mm-hmm. things to work through, which I think is, is very unique yep. and mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. And they're like, legitimate. Th- yeah. They're, they all, they hold, they hold proper, um, like credentials to do it legally. I took mm-hmm. one class in Bible college about counseling. That's my, that's what I told someone. I, was I didn't take any. Them. So I told someone I was sitting with them recently and they were coming in for some mental health stuff. And I said, all right, listen, we need to talk about this. I am a great EMT. Yeah. Like I can <laughs> yeah. stop the bleeding. I can put on a tourniquet, but I cannot fix you. Right. If you need to go into surgery, right. if you need PT, if you yep. like, I am not equipped for that. I'm a great EMT. Yeah. I can help the catastrophe. Yeah. Right? And that's it. Yeah. Right? So don't look at me like that. And so that's why I try and talk people through with pastors. Like I'm an EMT. Like, yeah. And that's I, how pastors should see themselves. Yeah. Unless they have a license in counseling. Yeah. Pastors should not take that counselor role on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so I always try and push people like, all right, I'm going to, I'll help transport you to right. the hospital yeah. where people can really right. deal with Yeah, if you're at on. a level that you need it. But I just love that we have that resource. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's nice. It's it's really nice because it's hard to find yep. counseling in this area. Mm-hmm. I've tried. Um, so yeah, restoration recovery is a good one. Um, other resources we got out of the cave, of course. The book this whole series is based yep. off of. Pick it up, read it, um, get the audio book, whatever. It's yep. really good. Um uh, other resources we've got emotionally healthy spirituality yep. by Peter, Peter Scazzaro. The yeah. entire emotionally healthy series. Entire yeah. emotionally healthy leader, emotionally healthy kids, emotionally yeah. healthy. There might be a church one. I don't remember. There's yeah. several. Yep. Um, all of those are good. Peter Scazzaro. Nate quoted him yesterday. Yep. Um, so check out those books. And I think amazing. going back through as well. So find the mental health series yep. on YouTube go to Restoration's YouTube page and just mm-hmm. scroll through the videos. And then even Pitfalls had a series on it. I yeah. think all those. Mental hell was a huge shift for our church. Mm-hmm. I know just a huge number of people who are still referencing that sermon series yeah. as helping them out of exactly what the series is called, out of a mental hell that they were yeah. suffering through. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So check it out. Um, so those are some great resources. Uh, I'm really excited to continue on in this series. It's only yeah. going to get better from here on out. It's going to be good. It's going to be impactful. It's going to be helpful. So thanks for joining us. Yeah.